This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hi, and welcome to Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. And we're here today recording at a Million Drops Learning Center with Joan Howard. How are you, Joan? Well, I'm a lot better now that I can talk to you, Scott. <laughs> I'm always better <laughs> when I can talk to you. So you're definitely a mentor of mine, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm flattered. I'm well, flattered. It's the honest truth. You help so many people. There's so many people that I come in contact with that are experiencing homelessness that know Joan. And they know you and you've helped them in some sort of way in listening and connecting them with resources. And you're really great at that. Well, I go around all over town crashing every party trying to find out what every agency offers so that I can guide people toward that agency if necessary. And when you say crashing every party, what kind of parties are you crashing? Specifically, I, I tend to maneuver into the source, which is once a month at public libraries. And they provide uh, tables worth of many, many services varied for housing, for the Department of Social Services, mental health, uh, vaccinations, ticket clinics, IDs, all kinds of shapes and sizes of what you need. And you can get it right in the same place. That's really cool. And these are at the public libraries? They are. And they're one day out of every month. There are several libraries that offer them. The biggest for services would be the Central Library downtown. Okay. It's beautifully run. It has a ticket clinic and an expungement clinic, vaccinations, all kinds of shelter services, outreach groups that will be able to provide people with information. Legal aid is there. Mediation services are there. We even had a dental clinic one time. So it's really the hub of one of the best places to go to get everything at once. And then the second that has my heart and my favorite is the one at the Durant Library in Hollywood, where it's like a small town fair. People come in, they get a box lunch, we have haircuts, and all the tables are manned by people who just want to help them right there and then get into housing, get into shelter, get food stamps, get your ID. They want to do it now. I can get my haircut? You can get your haircut. Wow, that's amazing. We that's have everybody really awesome. from Jason Schneiderman, mm -hmm. Haircutter to the Stars. Uh, he used to be homeless and a heroin addict and sell heroin. And now he's cleaned up his act. He cuts Bruno Mars hair and Rob Lowe's hair in Beverly Hills. And he goes all over town when he has the opportunity, and especially the Durant Library. And he cuts people's hair. They look like the cover of GQ. That's amazing. It is. That's it is really amazing awesome. how people's perception changes when they clean somebody up. We are all about shifting perceptions on this podcast series. We are. <laughs> After somebody has been through services over at the Durant Library mm -hmm. through haircutting and sometimes makeup and even facial massage, it's amazing how good they look and they can access public restrooms much more easily than normal. That's just so exciting. The, the calling forth people's humanity and their dignity, right, with something so simple as a haircut? The problem with us is we're a, a society that bases our assumptions on the way people look, mm -hmm. on surface things. And I think once you start going out among people in the street who are in need, you learn to look past that. Mm -hmm. And it's a much deeper experience and a much richer experience, which is why I think so many people 
get involved in this kind of work, and it is so rewarding. It's really important meeting people where they're at, right? At the exactly. libraries. That's such a powerful example, the source, right? And um, Well, it's free, and yeah. the libraries are free, and it is a place where people are welcome to use the computer to read, to access information. There's, there are information tables, and the source events once a month at various libraries, and they are opening all over the library, so you can always check on the library website services, and they will, they will give you the location that week. They are an extraordinary resource for someone who just needs some kind of help. You could actually um, go to lapl.org for the Los Angeles Public Library.org, lapl.org, to find out more about the source. A lot of people who are homeless, right, Joan, they do go to the libraries, like you said, but also to plug in their phones, um, to use the bathroom. That was how I actually first became of aware of you and the work that you do was going to the Durant library, right? And saw a flyer with your name on it. When I was a friend said, Oh, there's a library right up the street. Let's go use the bathroom. And I was like, Oh, there is. And he took me, I'd never been to that branch before. Well, the most wonderful thing about the libraries is that they give people who ordinarily would not have access to data, mm-hmm. a way to look things up and get information and not just the flyers that are there on the tables, but also some of the librarians are just a font to help people, not only on the computers, but just things they learn every day. Mm -hmm. They'll set up tables for legal aid to come in or housing to come in on various days. And there are also things to give you a little oomph. I mean, poetry workshops. It sounds like something a person who's terribly in need and has nowhere to sleep and no food to eat would not be interested in, but there is something about art Mm -hmm. that elevates your spirit and helps you get through the day. It's nice to have something beautiful in your life. Yeah, creativity, that's a big part of what milliondrops.org is about. You uh, bet, you bet. That creativity, right, and the intersectionality exactly. of where vulnerability and trauma and all of these things can meet with creativity and folks that are in trauma that are experiencing homelessness and the beauty that can come out of that. And the wonderful social aspect of it. Yeah. To be able to share that beauty with other people mm-hmm. in an environment that's safe and welcoming. Absolutely. And respectful. And respectful. respectful. Yeah, that's very important. Uh, so the LA Public Library also does, why the librarians might be so good at this, is they do have a page actually for homeless and stable living resource locations. They actually have a resource list for that on their website. And I'm just really fascinated by what you were telling me also about the immediate action that a lot of these organizations take when these folks show up at these source events, right? There's a lot of promises that get made by well-meaning folks, right? This is true. This is true. But the folks that come to the source, they often get immediate action for what they're seeking help for, right? That's the big push at the Central Library and the Hollywood Library. The other libraries are a little behind that now because each library shapes its source for the neighborhood, the Mm -hmm. surrounding area. And when they start out, they don't know quite what services are required and what people need and how best to meet those needs. But the Central Library, I think, has it down pat. Uh, Alicia Mogul, who heads it, has done an amazing job. And she has a staff under her that is constantly looking at what people need. And they bring it to her. They all work together. It's, it's an amalgam of wonderful ideas. And they bring it straight to people. And the biggest push has been for people not to have to wait after they sign up to get help, mm-hmm. but to help them right then and there, give them tangible things that they can take with them when they leave. 
And if, it, if it's shelter, if it's getting a voucher, if it's just basically food stamps, if it's, if it's information in case they need a birth certificate out of state. Mm-hmm. Ha- most of us weren't born here. I was, but most of us weren't. And you cannot get a California ID unless you have a birth certificate now. And most of us born out of state, that's pretty difficult. So how does someone learn, right, about what folks that are sleeping outside or sleeping in a shelter, how does one learn what they need, right? How would you find that out? It's amazing if you just listen to the people who are coming into the library and need help. If you listen, you don't even have to go back out on the street and go to homeless encampments Mm -hmm. because people on the street will come to you who need services. They come to the library for information, for the computers, just for help. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to them, it's very easy to shape a program. Uh, The Hollywood Library, I described earlier as a small town fair. And it really is like that because John Frank, who heads it, has, understands people's problems in the neighborhood. He cares about them. There's no lock on the restroom door because he polices it. Mm-hmm. He is respectful. He's kind. He's always helpful. But he's strong as well. It's not an undisciplined kindness. It is a kindness that helps you get in line, helps you prepare, and also gets you to services. And the way he has shaped his source is, frankly, very Mm user-friendly. And it's a wonderful event. I wish everybody could take a look at it. Out of all of them, it's actually the one that is deepest in my heart because people are treated so well. So if someone wanted to go to the Durant Library, uh, where would they find it? And when is it? It's on a Thursday, right? It's on a Thursday. It's usually the fourth Thursday of every month. But this month, November, because of Thanksgiving, it will be the last Thursday of the month. It's from noon to three. Uh, People line up a little earlier because they want to get in line. And basically, you would come on the last Thursday of the month. Anyone can come in. Anyone. You register, you give a name, you don't have to, you don't need ID. You just, they just want to know how many people are coming in so they'll know what to provide for the next time. Mm -hmm. And it's been growing every time. We started with 10. The last time we had 130, all of whom were well-behaved, treated well, and who treated everybody else well. And they networked together. They got their services. They got their haircuts. They got their food. John's big thing is feed people first. Mm-hmm. so that they can think when they go right. to the tables to get help. And uh, it really is wonderful. Sounds like a really smart guy. Very yeah. smart and very kind. And mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing. Nobody's fool. Nobody's fool. But he knows exactly how to treat people. Yeah. Very smooth. It's really interesting how many resources, because as we're preparing for this podcast, right, because you and I are both really strong advocates for people oh. who are experiencing homelessness, right? We are. We are. We've both had the, we've both had the experience of being homeless. Oh. So we can relate right to the needs. And that's one of the ways that we've learned about the resources. But as I was doing research for this, I came across something really interesting on uh, the American Library Association and a division of that, the Public Library Association, has a free two-part webinar on homelessness and public libraries. And I was really surprised. It's two hours of a webinar. It talks about the prevalence and the causes and the impact of homelessness and the related traumas which is something that I feel like is missing in the dialogue here in Los Angeles County. I wish everyone would take a look at it. Well, trauma-informed care. Yes. Right? And the trauma-informed approach is that what I feel like is missing from the county right now in Los Angeles County is 
there's a lot of discourse and a lot of people that are becoming aware, right? Because they're seeing more people right. on the streets, but they don't understand the trauma that goes along with that. The problem is you can be perfectly sane, maybe a little depressed. You've lost your job. You've lost your house. You've lost your wife. You've lost your kids. You've lost something. Mm -hmm. And you wind up on the streets, oftentimes through very little fault of your own, usually no fault. Mm -hmm. It just, boom, happens. Mm -hmm. And there's just absolutely nothing you can do about it. And you feel like you're drowning. Mm -hmm. And the minute you hit the streets, you begin to deteriorate. Because, frankly, it's dangerous, mm -hmm. especially for women. Uh, and they develop PTSD, they develop anxiety, they paranoia, men too, of course. Uh, a third of all the victims are domestic violence victims, so they don't want to be visible, which makes it even harder for them mm -hmm. to go for services because they feel they're, they're, somebody's looking for them who's dangerous, and they can't trust legal authorities to help them because, honestly, it doesn't always work. Right. So then you have the older population as well who are spilling out onto the streets now. They have a fixed mm -hmm. income. Rents are just through the roof. It's impossible for them to maintain. So they're winding up not only on the streets, in their cars, in their wheelchairs, on, on the, the streets. On the buses. On the buses. On the trains. Yes. There's six six to a dozen women on yeah. every train or yes. every bus that I get on at night. Yes. Because I take the bus and I'm a night owl, so I'm right. always up going to churches and different things at night. And there's all these women on the buses and they're all older women I know and they've got blankets over them and they're alone and it's horrific yeah. because they've been used to being independent all their lives it is hard for them to ask for help and frankly they don't know where to ask for it mm -hmm. and you would think there were a hundred thousand different organizations to help the elderly but it is very difficult for the elderly to get help yeah because they're not insane and the push for helping the homeless is the chronically homeless who are mentally ill right. and your veterans. And everybody else, it's much longer to get any kind of help. Much longer, which means they're going to deteriorate further on mm -hmm. the streets. Yeah. And until we realize that you're the, the neighbor who's next door, who's middle class, is just one small tragedy away from being on those streets and being one of those homeless people you stare at and avoid. And... I can't tell you how many people I used to know 20 years ago who were perfectly fine, and I find them on the streets. And it has nothing to do with drugs. Mm -hmm. It has nothing, or it did have nothing to do with mental illness. Yeah. But you do deteriorate rapidly once you're on the street. I think that's why it's so important. The Department of Mental Health actually is a big partner with getting these source events started at the library, right? And they are. They're responsible for, yeah. for the germ of the idea. The colonel started with them, and they, they helped push it forward, and they still operate largely in help. And they're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. The, the women and the men who are heading it to get the word out and to help people, the Department of Mental Health is very smart. It's just limited. Yeah. I think the more that we have conversations like this and the more dialogues we have on focusing on the folks that are trying to do something, right? Because there's so much negative that's happening there in the is. world. There it's is. really easy to get caught up in that. But there's so many people like you, like me, like the folks at the Durant Library, like the folks at the downtown library, like it. the folks at the Department of Mental Health. Yes. Um, there's people that care. I just want to give a shout out to Latina of the Department of Mental Health and Ellen Sloan of the Department of Mental Health and also several other nonprofits. She's at every single source event and she is extraordinary at helping people.
Yes, thank you to Ellen Sloan for all of the work that you do. We really appreciate it. And thank you to the LA Public Library and the Department of Mental Health and everyone who comes to the source events, not just the people who are experiencing homelessness, but the staff at the libraries and um, everyone who participates to make these source events happen. All of the nonprofits and all the groups, Jason Snyderman, who comes out to cut hair, uh, John Frank, Alicia Mogul, and of course you, Joan Howard. <laughs> I wouldn't know about the source if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have half the insights I have without you, Scotty. <laughs> Thank you so much. Joan, you really are a blessing in my life. I really appreciate you. Right back at you. Special thank you to AmillionDrops.org and the Million Drops Learning Center and Micah Bott for founding A Million Drops. We also want to give a special thank you to Sure Microphones for the impeccable sound quality. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Have a great day and thanks for listening to Real Good Stuff.